Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Uh, I trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. You kind of get that that salary relief for another couple of years. But I also think Caleb Williams, um, man, he, he looks like one of these kind of generational type of talents. So I think you go with Caleb Williams and you do try and trade Justin Fields for, you know, I think you can get uh, a pretty good penny for him. That's Jake Laser, also who has been very upfront and open about his mental health battles. He even wrote a book about it, I believe. He did. It's funny at this the the Super Bowl four years ago, I talked with him about it. Yeah, so that's he's been a, a real champion of the the mental health discussion. And I think he's done a lot of good by a lot of people and has also reached out to NFL players in this regard and has partnered with NFL players and telling some of their stories too. So he's a real ally when it comes to the stuff that we've been discussing, just a side note, but that does seem to be conventional wisdom about the bears plan. But, but can we question the wisdom for a second? I, I don't, I don't like that. That's been used as a reason why you should trade Justin Fields because the truth is, is that there really isn't a ton of salary relief in year one. Justin Fields costs $6 million. What do you think Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick is going to cost in the first year? Like, similar money. More, than, more than he was in his rookie season, obviously. More than Justin Fields was. Fields would sign a four-year, $18 million deal, I want to say. And he was, what, pick number 11? Yeah, whatever the number one slot is. Yeah, the but slot is just I, I just wish that people would say instead of trying to to talk you into like the business aspect of it, say that you're really excited. And he did. Jay says that at the end of it, say that you're really excited about what Caleb Williams can be like the concept of, oh, well, you know, the salary relief. It's negligible. For reference, Bryce Young's rookie contract for last year was a six point nine million dollar cap hit. So you got to imagine this year to yeah. go up slightly. Yeah. And he and next year, which means this, which this, means this that Justin would year. actually be cheaper than Caleb Williams for year one, because I think Justin's due six million dollars this year. We're talking against the cap or how much he's owed? How much he's owed? Justin Fields is owed cash cash AEV for this next year is five million. His cap hit is also five million, so he is cheaper in year one. That's what I was just saying. <laughs> What was the piece of news with Excuse which Excuse me, six us? million. Okay. Six million cap hit, four million dollars oh, due for and cash. Still annual. cheaper. Still cheaper. <laughs> the piece of news comes from our buddy Mike Florio. Headline reads Art Just Rooney II doesn't rule out trading for a quarterback. So if you were thinking, hey, 
One team is eliminated from this process, the Raiders, because Luke Getze is there as their coordinator. And he and got the job by trashing Justin Fields. And Can we not, talk about that for a second? Sure. They're not going to trade for Justin Fields more than likely. You let one game dictate that entire decision-making process? Has that person ever heard of permanent decision based on temporary feeling? Back to last night's Bulls game. Okay, sorry. Yes, Lawrence? Florio writes, the Steelers, quote, still feel good about quarterback Kenny Pickett. They might eventually feel even better about someone else. Speaking to Bob Pompani of KDKA TV, Steelers President Art Rooney II did not rule out pursuing a veteran quarterback in trade. Quote, well, you know, as we sit here in February, we're not closing the door on anything. We have a lot of evaluations to go through, and we'll go through all the options and do what we need to do to do better and be better this coming season. Close quote. That doesn't mean they'll trade for a quarterback. It also doesn't mean it's a no-brainer that Pickett will be the QB1. The overriding goal is to indeed get better, especially on offense. Pickett has done nothing special, frankly, during his two NFL seasons. Don't listen to this part, Joe Cowley, to make him the clear-cut starter in 2024. The Steelers also have ongoing interest in Mason Rudolph, who played surprisingly well down the stretch for the Steelers and who held the job even after Pickett recovered from an ankle injury. So if you're thinking, okay, what type of, of, of capital could the Bears get if they trade Justin Fields? You got to find suitors and ideally multiple suitors if you want to get the highest return for trading Justin Fields, throw the Steelers onto the list of teams. You mean to tell me that the NFL which we have maintained gatekeeps everything, every slight tiny piece of information, might be keeping mom about Justin Fields and the value that he would bring to their team because they don't want the team that doesn't think he has as much value to ask for more. Lying season. Wow. I, for one, am shocked that other teams value him. I'm shocked zero. I always say this. This is a rule now in modern media. Never miss a mailbag. Ever, never, ever, ever miss a mailbag. Things find their way into mailbags that may be outside or beyond the regular filtration of the way media works and or reporters who would feel comfortable putting a headline on something or putting a lead on something sometimes say, I'm going to put this out there that way I can make sure that I say I had this, but it's sort of under the radar. Easter egg, Easter egg. Brad Biggs published a mailbag today with the Tribune, and he does a lot of this. Never miss a Biggs mailbag because one thing I've learned about the way the Tribune print edition works and the way they do – Biggs basically writes a couple of things a week of massive volume, and then it's excerpted and reused as content on their platforms throughout the week. The very first question – is Cliff Kingsbury to the Washington Commanders has led to a lot of speculation the Bears will trade uh, the, uh, it says, he means the Commanders will trade up for Caleb Williams. Do you believe this? Or will the Bears stay put? So there's a lot of words here, and he unpacks everything about trade value and talks about new Commanders, GM Adam Peters, what his connections are, what his motivations are. And he, Big says, I don't believe Poles could get the kind of package he received from the Panthers when he swapped out. The Bears moved down eight spots. They'd only be dropping one in this scenario. And he says, if Williams is the top quarterback when the Bears set their board, I don't see how they consider a trade with the commanders. How could a team 
that's been seeking a franchise quarterback for decades pass on the chance to draft its top-rated quarterback. They have the top pick. There's no way of telling where they'll be drafting next year or what next year's quarterback class will look like. It's counterintuitive to think there's a better route. The only scenario in which I could see a slight possibility the Bears would consider a trade is if they had very similar grades on their top two quarterbacks, a virtual coin flip. But the chances of this happening seem remote. For a franchise that's been dogged for so long by inadequate quarterback play to get cute and not simply turn in a card with their top-ranked quarterback's name on it would border on football malpractice. And he goes through the Bears' ignominious quarterbacking history and mentioning picking Willie McClendon instead of Joe Montana and Trubisky over Mahomes or, and losing the chance to draft Terry Bradshaw, trading away Bobby Lane, whether that matters to you. And he quotes a veteran front office man who has worked with Peters before who says, you need to slow everyone down on this bleep. Adam Peters has never talked to Caleb Williams. Neither has Ryan Poles, for that matter. People need to stop trying to connect all the dots because most of those dots haven't even been put on paper yet. I I would disagree with that assessment of things. There have been plenty of dots that have been connected already. Are you kidding? His social media alone. It's fine. How the many other, posts are you going to like, Caleb Williams? The other thing is that How there, many? there are other NFL executives that think that the Bears could get a really great return on trading the number one pick. And it doesn't have to be to Washington. One only needs to look at the draft board itself and say there are other teams in similar positions as Carolina was last year that need a quarterback. Picking seventh this year, the Tennessee Titans. Maybe they have their guy, but maybe they don't. And it is a new coach that's going in there now. Picking eighth are the Atlanta Falcons. They would also be another place that you could look for, perhaps, to trade Justin Fields. Well, then you could get more because you're moving down that's, more. Do that's know, my point. Do you know how many Falcons fans are online on multiple platforms talking about how much they want Justin Fields? Yeah. Jets fans talk about, like... Man, and it, I mean the, the thing is that it's similar to it's similar to the Caleb Williams thing, where maybe you don't want to go home. Like if you're Justin, maybe going home to Atlanta is not the best option. That might for be you. some pressure. But but if we were to look a little farther down the draft board, we would see the Minnesota Vikings sitting there at eleven. Granted, you probably don't want to trade him into the division, but if they came to you with, hey, why don't we give you a whole bunch of first round picks? And trade and drafting behind them at number twelve is Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. I'm not saying that what this person is 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 saying isn't the most likely thing to happen, but the idea in in a draft where everyone clearly wants Caleb Williams and there's a multitude of need on on a bunch of different teams that are drafting lower than when the where the Carolina Panthers were last year. I don't know how you can say that as an absolute, that no one's going to make that move from 7, 8, 11, or 12 to try to get the number one pick. Well, Especially when you saw it happen at 9 last year. Here's also the other under- thing. Don't tell us that we're making things up when the entire discussion about hiring coaches and offensive coordinators has been married to the quarterback. What in the damn hell are we talking about here? Of course, we're all going to ask questions when you hire Cliff Kingsbury, who is famously without a job. 
and working at USC as an assistant to a guy who's known to also be an offensive mind. And already had a job, like, and then... You right, but Cliff Kingsbury got hired because he's the one who recruited Patrick Mahomes out of high school. Like, the reason that Luke Getze got hired here was because of his proximity to Aaron Rodgers. That's the whole discussion now. So what in the hell are they saying? Yeah, we're going to connect the dots. You can tell me they're not on paper. That's fine. Who are you going to believe? You are my eyes. The other caveat I would put in with this is when we talk about everything changing so fast with NIL and with the, the with college football falling apart, for lack of a better term, major revenue college sports are changing faster than the NCAA can keep up, faster than the law can keep up, faster than Congress can write laws to keep up. Hell, Dartmouth's basketball team just unionized. We haven't even talked about that and the, and the ripple effect. They're now employees. The, the deck, they are now employees per they, the NLRB. They've that, been employees. That when you start talking about uh, uh, this longtime veteran NFL personnel guy, you're likely talking about a crusty old fart that doesn't even know how to think about where things are now, let alone where things are going. There's so many executives themselves caught flat-footed because they don't get it, because they don't understand what it means when something is on Instagram or something is liked or who's talking to whom. That They're uncomfortable with all of this, and they're saying, well, it doesn't mean anything. That just means I don't understand it. We're or seeing I don't know. one. Right. We're seeing Right. One or, or agent. Dark. We're seeing one agent largely, largely run all of the coaching decisions, not only for this team but in the NFL. And you mean to tell me it's not connected? Count Sam. This to to a a texter. Thanks, Big Z. This talk the Bears could get a major haul. People are talking about moving down one spot is a pipe dream. Let me help you out. Eight four seven. The Bears are under no obligation to trade the pick to Washington. They don't have to do the bidding like it like let's say I, I don't this is not the case, but let's say that Caleb Williams really wants to go to Washington and he makes it known that he doesn't want to play for the Bears. The Bears don't have to trade him to Washington. They don't have to trade the, the rights to the number one pick to Washington. They can make it someone else's problem. They can trade it to Denver. They don't have to go one to two. So just keep that in mind that this isn't like it's not zero sum between those two teams. And it's there not the Bears' other... responsibility to make their life easier. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's the part of this that I have the disconnect with. And frankly, the reason that we discuss the logical thought that Caleb Williams is probably getting drafted by the Bears comes down to logistics. In this case, it's it's almost, to me, void of the value of Justin Fields because to them it's all numerical process and years and based on time it's not even based on production right now is what we're talking about I think it's time is the driving variable here it's whose jobs are lasting longer because of this draft pick how many times have you gotten the first overall pick how many years are left with the current quarterback you have what How are, many offensive coordinators has this team seen that they've fired, by the way? What are you willing to risk? See, I think for polls, the, the bigger risk is Fields, not Williams. Yes, because it's not his guy, and we don't know how he feels about that, by the way. If, if he were to ride with Justin in this, like maybe their evaluation isn't as high as, as everyone else's. I doubt that, but maybe it is. That's a that's a risk. You're rolling dice on Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. 
And if things don't go well next year with those two guys, how do you then go to your bosses and say, yes, I stuck with the head coach Mm -hmm. that had question marks about him. I stuck with the quarterback that had question marks about him. If he drafts Caleb Williams, everything's fresh and new. Everything's cool. You've probably got at least three years, regardless of Matt Eberflus, because you're trying to bring about a new quarterback. That's That right there is the, the play that keeps you employed for a lot longer. But if you really believe in Justin, like if you have looked over the tape and you've talked with your people and you said, all right, this is going to work now because we have the right guy in Shane Waldron. It's it's a hell of a risk for Ryan Poles to take. Something to keep in mind. You know, it kind of foreshadows our one o'clock segment, by the way, because Poles is is more transparent than the GM we saw in the past for sure. And Brandon Pope got to talk to him and Kevin Warren. Like I think that this all it all matters when when you get more access with people, you learn about their thought process better. Well, we're going to get to talk with Adam Hoke. Our guy from CHGO talks bears with us next on The Score. That's a tease for all you listeners out there. Stay tuned. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Adam Hogg says... Adam Hogue, Bears beat writer for CHGO Sports. What's up, everyone? My name's Adam Hogue. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. We just need to kick Adam Hodge off the show and let him come back on Tuesday. Host of the Hogue and John's podcast. Mark Tressman's face just popped up on my computer, by the way. Adam Hogue. Adam Hoagie or Hogg? Excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. With Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi on 670 The Score. Adam Hogue is on Twitter at Adam Hogue. Host at CHGO Chicago, the Hogue and Johns podcast. He is with us on the Circus Sports Hotline. Download the Circus Sports app today. That is Circus Sports Illinois. He's on Radio Row. So he joins us now. Always check out twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score as well. Set the scene for us. What's it like? Well, I think we are uh, fully post-pandemic. Back to the craziness of Radio Row. It Got a little weird there for a couple of years with like virtual interviews. Even when you were here, you were doing some virtual interviews and now it's just full blown, you know, the, the craziness it's always been. And obviously here on Wednesday is when it gets super crazy. There's more people around, more athletes walking around. Um, so it should be a fun day down here in Vegas. When is the deadline or the over under in the week set for when somebody gets in a fight? This Ooh. is always radio row. Like it's just going to happen. You know that that's a guarantee. A hundred percent. And usually it's, you know, it's not a real fight. It's just a bunch of yelling and, uh, you know, 
couple afternoon radio hosts from, you know, you might get a Philly in there with a Boston uh, potentially. I did not scout. I should have done this later. I should have scouted out, you know, strategically how they laid out the different cities. Um, you know, if there's, if there's any cities that happen to be right next to each other, that's usually where you get the fights because people and anybody watching right now that can see me, um, they're probably already seeing people walk into your shots and things like that. So that's, that's usually what causes it, but hopefully everyone can remain calm and understand that we're just here to talk about football and sports and it should be fun. One guy looks like Guy Fieri with brown hair, but he's got the same accessory game, you know, the white stitch jeans and maybe an affliction shirt. The other guy's got like other white sticks, white stitch jeans and maybe another affliction shirt like there just can't be two of them adam there can't be two of them in the same room it's not gonna happen and don't forget their publicity photo has to be one like playfully grabbing the other around the neck from behind or they all have folded arms because you know tough i got caught in a folded arm situation yesterday talking to robbie gold and i just got accused on twitter of not liking what he was saying about justin fields or something so i gotta watch my own body language here too what did robbie say about justin fields so Robbie was uh, very pro I, – I don't think he was trying to make the point that he was just like all in on Justin Fields as much as he just really thinks Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be incredible. And he's like not against – just use the number one pick on Marvin Harrison Jr. because that's how good uh, he could be. So keep Justin, roll with Marvin. I, I, I don't think logically that's, you know, the best process to how – or let me let me say this because he might end up being right. That may end up being the best player in the draft when it's all said and done. But yeah, but you could from, you could uh, trade the pick and still probably get Marvin Harrison. That that's what I yeah. If you if you're gonna go down if the Bears decide Marvin Harrison Jr. is absolutely 100 percent their guy, they should definitely trade back at least to two with Washington. Um, so Washington can have Caleb then, and then they at least get whatever they can get out of Washington, which I still maintain is gonna be more than normal for a team just moving up one spot. Because I just think there's a there's a Caleb premium here. There has to be when you consider you got to consider the whole market, and the market's going to be a bunch of teams trying to get it up there. So yes, it's only one spot for Washington, but they're also competing against these other teams. So they're going to give up. They're going to pay a premium. I know that your guys are there, and I know that they're asking questions. But <laughs> but even beyond that, is it is how interesting is it to you that the Bears are at the Super Bowl, even though they're not in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, It's usually like this at this point. Um, There's some down years, some better years. The Bears have some marketable guys now. No, no, no. I mean, Um, I mean that, that whatever the Bears are going to do conversation. Yeah. That, that, that it is the news of Super Bowl week before we really start talking about the two teams. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, Yeah, and it, it, for the second year in a row, it was like this last year as well. I think it's even more so this year because of, of the Caleb Williams hype adding to it. Um, but yeah, 100%. Like, there's two teams. There's a game going on this week. And so far through Wednesday, a lot of this conversation, and not just us because we're here, but even, you know, the national guys you talk to, you turn on NFL Network or something like that, they're talking about this stuff too with the Bears, with Washington. Um, you, you know, with everything they got going on, the hires they're making, what does it mean for Caleb Williams? It's a huge story. So, you know, the Bears, the Bears are offseason relevant again. They're the team of the offseason. Hopefully they can turn all this into being the team of the regular season at some point. I also think that 
the discussion around Kingsbury's hiring from other NFL people is super valid right now. Like, I want to know what they think about it, why they think it happened, especially after what happened in Arizona. So what have you heard about just that piece of it based on the process that's happened? Well, well, first of all, like, there's definitely credence. There has to be to sort of the red flag nature of how that played out. I mean, he's basically not all all the way to the finish line, essentially, with the Raiders until he signs the dotted line. They don't get it done. I wasn't buying that, like, contract negotiations broke down. I felt like it had to be, you know, Washington coming in and being like, hey, wait a minute, don't sign anything. Like, here's this, here's our situation. Here's what this could turn into. And I think the important thing is that not just Caleb, like, Obviously, Caleb and their relationship, if you're Washington, you want to set that up. But, you know, if you're if you don't get Caleb in Washington, you still can get Drake May. And I think he's going to be really good, too. So you're still set up for a better if you're from Cliff's perspective, you're probably in a better position from the quarterback. You're going to be coaching either way if you end up in Washington compared to whatever the Raiders are able to do, um, because they're you know, they're they're going to be in a much tougher spot. Um, just given their draft capital. So I think th- I think that played into it. I think um, it is interesting, though, from Washington's perspective, what they see in Cliff Kingsbury right now and why they think that's going to be successful. I, I've talked to some people down here when I'm having conversations about Caleb Williams that have expressed some doubt about, like, it's not like USC's offense was bad this past year. But it took a step back. Caleb took a little bit of a step back. And schematically, I've talked to some people that have said, like, Lincoln Riley's stuff changed, and some of it didn't make sense. What was the reason for that? And did Cliff Kingsbury being there have anything to do with that? So I'm still a little skeptical just offensively how that's going to work, no matter who their quarterback is. That's why that, to me, gives it even more credence that, like, they're putting their ducks in a row to try to make a run at Caleb Williams. Do you think most NFL executives actually understand the world they're in right now? It took college sports. It took a lot of the sclerotic and fusty uh, athletic departments to get a handle on NIL. And they're still catching up and they still complain that they don't know. If they're struggling, how can NFL front offices that are such, such, uh, they're, they're just, they cleave to routine how can they adapt quickly enough to deal with the, the rapidly changing circumstances of all of this, of, of all of the social media and all of the fact that it's keeping secrets is nearly impossible? Yeah, and I think it all, it, it, it all comes down to, if I'm understanding your question you know, correctly, I think a lot of it is just sort of a shift in general, whether it's college um, or even the pros to empowering players yes. more, right? Yes. And, and, I, and obviously the NFL has been behind on this compared to like the NBA. But, and, and I think that the NFL is so strong from an ownership perspective that it's never going to, the power's never going to completely flip. But I do think that there's been an important shift, even from like a public relations standpoint where it's still a battle where fans will side with ownership over players. But I do think we're shifting into more of like the, Hey, wait a minute. Like the players, the players are right here too sometimes and they do deserve their power. 
And that's why I'm going to be really fascinated, guys, just to see how this Caleb Williams thing plays out um, over the next few months because it's not like this hasn't happened before, but if the, if but it's been a long time since Eli Manning. If a player is really going to try to strong arm um, a, a, where they end up in the draft. Now, again, I don't know if you guys got a chance to read my piece on Monday that we put out on all CSGO that I've been working on for a while. All the homework I've been able to do, all the people I've talked to, do not believe that Caleb Williams is, the, is like the type of player that's going to ultimately force that hand. That all of this is just has to do more with his dad doing his due diligence. And there is a long history here going back to high school and then college when he committed to Oklahoma and then transferring when he ended up at USC. This is just the process of the family. And it's just a dad doing his due diligence for his son, which I'll never blame. But there's obviously enough smoke here that over the next month or two, I think there is going to be a little bit of a recruitment process here on both sides where the Bears, even though they have the number one pick, are going to have to sell a player on coming to Chicago if that's ultimately the choice they, they choose. I don't think it's going to be a hard sell, but that is different than normal because normally it's just like, okay, whichever player we want, we're just going to draft them. We don't have to sell them on anything. And ultimately they can still draft them. But I think this kind of does get back – hopefully this all – makes sense to the context of your question where like here we have a young player coming out of an nil world where he transferred in the middle of all this too and he's trying to have some power in a situation where the way the draft set up these players these prospects don't really have a lot of power it's so interesting to me like even the way that you frame conversations with people that people are saying well caleb's not the type of player that would do that one, we don't know that for sure. And two, what would be wrong if he was? Like, if, if, if he is going to be the flag bearer for power at the top of the draft and, and having FU money from NIL to, to kind of figure out what path he wants to go down, I don't see anything necessarily wrong with him using some of that power, but there are still folks that, that will look at it and say, oh, well, that's selfish. Meanwhile, the process itself is completely un-American, and yet we are totally okay with it. Yeah, and, and I agree with what you're saying. Like, I, I, he shouldn't be judged if ultimately that's how this goes down. He, he deserves to have that power. From everyone I've been able to talk to, though, it's more of just like the family is going to do their due diligence to make sure that Caleb Williams, and this is important, is set up for success in the NFL. And when I say that, I'm talking specifically the second contract. So every move this family has made with Caleb, going back to high school, was about the next move, right? So we get him in the right high school, Gonzaga Prep in, in, in D.C., to put him in the best position to end up at the best D1 school where he could have success. And then when Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma, it's okay. Let's have 25 Zoom calls with all these other schools that are interested in him to make sure he's in the best spot to end up being the number one overall pick in the draft, which is a huge goal for Caleb Williams, 100%. Let's not forget that. And now it's all about what's the best situation for him to get that second contract, which is in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position, what it's all about. And that's where I come back to this, though. Last thing I'll leave with you guys, the Bears do have the best situation when it comes to draft capital because not only – if a team trades up, there's a, there's possibly giving up half of their high draft capital for at least half of, if not more, of Caleb Williams' rookie contract. So 
that's putting him in a disadvantage right away where the Bears are the only team right now that can take him and, oh, by the way, also draft another player eight picks later at number nine in the first round and give up zero draft capital, also gain some from trading Justin Fields. So I do think at the end of the day when Carl Williams, Caleb Williams come together and they look at all these situations, the Bears are going to have a pretty strong case that they are the best situation for him. It's a really weird position to say for the Chicago Bears with a quarterback. But in this situation, it might actually be true. With the weight of history looming. Adam Hogue. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Hogue, thanks so much for Wait, wait, wait. Your... Oh, pick on the game? Wait, no. Forget that. We can ask Hogue what we asked Kalen yesterday and what we asked Ron. Okay. Your, your Achilles heel in Vegas is it gambling? Is it a food item? Is it the concerts. hours? Is it concerts? Is it drinking? What do you have to make sure you don't do too much of? Well, I just call it fun, by the way. You can also just have fun. Um, man, that's a tough one. I think it's uh, roaming, wasting too much time just roaming around. I know that's probably a weird answer, not specific enough. I don't get into the I did lose some money at a craps table last night, which was not great. Cold, coldest craps table of all time. But I can usually I'm not I'm not I'm not like trying to run away from Radio Row at all because I gotta go. It, like I don't get into the gambling too much. Um, I just find myself wowed by a lot of stuff in Vegas, and this new sphere thing they have is incredible. And and so I'll just find myself sometimes wasting an hour. And you can walk a lot in Vegas just looking at things. I've been here enough. I've seen this stuff a lot, but still, like walking through Caesar's Palace. It's still cool to me. And I'll just roam around with like the fake paintings of the sky ahead of you. So that's probably, I, I guess that's my weird answer to the question. No, no that's a hundred percent what Ray and I did. That's all we did was walk yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. But you guys were walking around downtown yeah, Vegas. You, yeah. No, really? we also, we also walked around the strip. Oh, you guys walked a couple the strip? hours. You were seeing yeah. the fire breathing, praying mantis. We had a lot of fun. Mantis. Yo, I'm, st- I'm staying off of Fremont street downtown. Stay There's on it, Adam. Con- Stay on it. Constant noise. Constant noise yes. and music to like 3 a.m. There's not been a lot of sleep. I'll, is, I'll say that. There's, uh, a, there's, really, there's a, really, a really great pizza place towards the end of Fremont Street, though, that is worth it. It's less, less noisy. So, you know. You're in Vegas. Vegas is noise. Go to the Mantis, Adam. Go to, to the Mantis. You can just go to bed, man. Less was, noisy was the number five midday show in America. <laughs> that's true. Hoger, have a good time, man. Thanks for joining us today. No problem, guys. Hope you have a good day. I'll sleep next week. It's all good. Yep. That's Adam Hogue. Next up, we have High Noon. I have an update on a story we did in April when art imitated life, and it the story ends with art imitating life more than you could possibly know. I would like to talk about a Super Bowl halftime show that I witnessed. I would like to celebrate an anniversary. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? Wednesday high noon. That marks the middle of your work week, and then it's all seashells and balloons from here. We talked about the Bulls game last night. I say you take that second half and that overtime and that fourth quarter and you remember that as your final sweet memory of a build that's over. Unless they keep everything status quo. (laughs) 
And Which is possible. Of course, with this group, it, it's always possible. We played the full sound of the wonderful and important interview that Layla did with DeMar DeRozan about his mental health and his process. It's If you missed it, I really suggest you go back and give it a listen. It's, it's, it's awesome stuff to which we reacted thereafter and talked about the Bears and their current situation. Got the latest from Radio Row in Las Vegas with Adam Hogue. Studs, looking at the clock, I feel like I should defer. I'm going to defer. I'm going to defer to my partner, Layla Rahimi, for High Noon. Oh, no, because what you were about to talk about was some of the most wonderful brilliance we've seen as a public at the same time in history. Yeah, but we could do it tomorrow. So I bring you the second most wonderful brilliance we've ever seen. Happy birthday, Blazing Saddles. This is sports radio, damn it. Here come the farts. How about some more beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Not that, not that talent. <laughs> that, right. that was not part of Blazing no. Saddles. <laughs> 50, right? 50. And there's a great quote. Of course, I don't know if it's an actual real quote, but I really hope it is. Uh, Mel Brooks talking about Blazing Saddles, and I hope this is true. I just wanted to exercise both my angels and demons. I said to all the writers, look, fellas, don't worry. This movie will never get released. Never. Warner Brothers will see it, and they'll say, let's bury it, so let's go nuts. Yar, and who was, of course, the primary writer? Other than Mel Brooks? Mel Brooks. Richard Pryor. Oh. And the, the, the great, if you read Mel Brooks's wonderful memoir, All About Me, the section, if you read nothing else, just read the entire chapter about the making of Blazing Saddles. How he told them that he wouldn't... <laughs> No, they, I'm totally taking that part out. They told him, like, that scene you just heard, they said, absolutely not take it out. He goes, fine, it's out. You know, and all this, and don't do this. You're saying the N-word too much, and take that out. Fine. A yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all gone. I will take it all out. And he had never had any intention of doing anything he said. And he said, that was the trick to movie making. Agree to whatever they want, and then don't do it. I mean, that movie's just great on all levels, but from a personal standpoint, I always loved watching it because Cleavon Little was handsome the same way that my grandfather was. It was like, like, oh, that's what Grandpa looked like when he was young. And when he rolls out, all duded up, when when they first show that great hero shot of of him on the white steed riding into town. Is he wearing wearing Gucci? It's Louis Vuitton. It's Louis Vuitton. That's what it is. He's wearing Louis Vuitton. He's just style. Just handsome. Depends on how old you were when you watched it, what resonated with you the most. But for me, it was the fart jokes. It was Mongo for me. Mongo just pawned in Game of Life. And while we speak of movies, you'll remember back in April when the NYPD rolled out a robot for its test run in the subway system. You remember this? It was the fully autonomous outdoor security robot called K-5, Deployment of Innovative Policing Technologies. And we said, "Uh uh-oh, we've seen this before. We've seen the ED-209. You have 10 seconds to comply. K-5 still alive. Wait, that's different. And the ED-209, we know, had uh, notoriously malfunctioned. 
Well, Mayor Eric Adams is now removing the 400-pound white robot because it didn't operate as they saw fit. It was designed to operate without human handlers, but it needed chaperones throughout its entire run. So it wasn't actually autonomous. It was just like walking around with a with a wheelbarrow, essentially. So it's most men I know. <laughs> well, this this is my favorite part. Because this is so true. The robot was unable to move past the block long station mezzanine area because it couldn't use stairs. Yeah. Now, think back. In the actual movie RoboCop. That's what got him. When they send the Ed 209 after Peter Weller. Couldn't grab. What was its downfall? Stairs. The stairs. No, it was. It wasn't really. Yes, it was. It couldn't grab. So it just kind of went. The hydraulic feet couldn't navigate the stairwell, and it tumbled over. This robot didn't know how to climb stairs. And this robot was unable to climb stairs. The actual Ed 209 also and was not able to stop RoboCop because it couldn't climb stairs. And everyone told him that things were going to go this way, and they didn't listen. Do you guys remember that Hitchbot that they killed in Philly? Did you guys ever hear about that? I was no. in Philly when it happened. It was the most Philly thing that ever happened to me. There was this cute little hitchhiking robot, and it was trying to collect data from everywhere, and people could take pictures because it was traveling on its merry way from Canada. Made it to Philly. Nope. <laughs> R.I.P. Hitchbot. Damn it, Hitchbot. <laughs> More about Philly, really. Carmen Vitale is at Vegas as well, so we'll ask her the same question we've been asking everybody else. And I'm gonna she's... go. I'm gonna go with shopping, just because she is. She gets such incredible style. And like even on Instagram, like you, she's like, I got this outfit, and today's a good day to do this. I think that's going to be. I, I think she's too smart to play in the other arenas. Wait, have you two discussed what your vices are in, in Vegas? His is heroin. <laughs> Back after this on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 